Hello, Soulish fam. It's so good to be with you and to check in to see how y'all are loving the Summer of Soulish series. And I, I don't know about you, but just every guest so far, and we are on week four out of eight, which is so cool. Um, every guest has been amazing, no? Like my brother, Aaron Apke, Katie Irvine, Yasmin Elzamore, and this week is Brandon Bozarth. It's just been phenomenal. I have enjoyed every single episode and it has just been chock full of little golden nuggets, right? And so I hope that you're getting as much as I am out of it. This has been such a privilege and an honor to have these guests on and to have this series during the summer and just really take the time to devote into each subject that we're discussing and each topic and, and all the little nuggets that get dropped of wisdom and insight and clarity and encouragement and inspiration. It's just been amazing. And so I'm super, super excited for the weeks to come. We have amazing guests uh, over for the next four weeks, my, my birthday month, July. <laughs> so I'm so excited. And for this week, we have Brandon Bozarth, who is a spiritual teacher, teacher, channel, transformational facilitator. He has worked with A-list celebrities. He leads and co-leads retreats, workshops um, in over four different countries and has worked with thousands of people around the world in his programs and private online communities. He's phenomenal. He's amazing. And I just felt so honored to have him as a guest. He and my brother are just really close and they have worked closely together and have had several different Instagram lives and will continue to do so specifically on the subject of masculine and feminine energies and, and how they work together within us and separately. And I just, even though I had done my own solo episode, which was not as knowledgeable, although it's really good information, I'm no expert, but Brandon is definitely more of an expert. And so he drops, like even me, I was just taken back in this episode because it just was so phenomenal the things he was dropping it just made me reflect and in that moment be thinking about me and like how am I operating and um what are my core you know drives and I think that's such an, a great a great reflection point and moment to to sit with ourselves and to just be honest and because there's no judgment right in that but it it takes us taking a step back and being honest and authentic with ourselves and brandon just oozes authenticity and he oozes that non-judgment neutral not attached um non-judgment vibe of just it's inclusive it's it's loving it's um it's bringing someone into your space and giving of yourself and Oh, like I can't, I can't even. <laughs> so I will shut up now and let y'all listen to this episode with Brandon because it is so damn good. And I know that you guys are going to get so many nuggets, get your notepad out. Gosh, if you are driving, it's okay. You can go back and like write notes, re-listen to this episode. It really hits on all parts of who we are as human beings. And so Oh, you guys are going to love it. I'm so excited to hear the feedback and, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed this summer series. I hope you're getting a lot out of it. That was my heartbeat behind doing just like a ton of guest episodes that are amazing together and honoring these guests that have taken the time to record these episodes with me and 
I hope that you're getting so much out of it. Please let me know. DM me, go to the Solish podcast, Instagram, DM me, let me know what you love most, what, what hit you, what inspired you, what encouraged you. I'd love to hear your feedback and I love you all so much. And it's been so fun to have like the first four weeks of the Solish summer series go by just like that. Um, but so many more guest episodes are to come in July and I'm so excited for those too and to share those with you all and I hope that you enjoy this episode as well love you all (laughs) thank you so much Brandon for being on the Soulish podcast it's such a pleasure and honor to have you here and now a part of this community and I'm so excited for this conversation around divine masculine and divine feminine and what that means for us and in, in relationships as well. And so thank you so much for being on here and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm really excited. <laughs> so I wanted to start off with um, just for you as, as a man in a male body, um, how has it been for you in discovering divine masculine and divine feminine have you felt like an aversion around feeling like okay like or the understanding that you have feminine in you as well what has that process been like for you Mm -hmm. yeah so really good question I think to me it was um actually experiencing what the typical wounded masculine is archetypally and how that that in a sense forced me to seek answers. Like what the heck is going on? Everything that I'm doing to get love, to get validation, to feel significant is leaving me empty. And I remember sitting on the couch one day when I was living on the East Coast and it was like Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday were party nights. Sunday was recover and go to brunch. I mean, you know, just mm-hmm. the typical. And then it was... Um, you know, the weekday was like, do everything you could do to build your business and make money. And then, um, you know, get on all the dating apps and just make sure you're always sleeping with someone and and you got all that stuff and you're going to feel really good. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I thought I just had to master creating those kind of conditions. And I didn't realize that that was the part of my masculine, um, seeking love versus serving love. So it was like, okay, I need to go get it. I need to control. I need to conquer. I need to gain. And, you know, masculine and feminine energy aside, anytime that we are under the illusion that we can gain something from a future, we neglect it now. It's like, how do I get, become more confident, you know, by this future? If the moment I put it in the future, it's not here now. And right now is what's creating my future. It's a perfect loop, right? Yeah, so so through enough searching and trying to just feel good, feel enough and worthy and powerful and having all of those definitions skewed, like what I actually Mm -hmm. thought power was, what I thought worthiness had to look like, you know? I just sit on the couch and I just go, I think if I keep doing this for the next couple of years, I'm really gonna hate my life. And just having like all of a sudden like this, depth depth of vision um to go okay i can play that out physically and i see i'm seeing that it's not giving me what i actually want Mm -hmm. and it just took the self-honesty and for me it it all kind of just collapsed in that moment like i just said 
maybe I'm going to try doing the opposite of everything that I'm doing. And it was like, I changed my diet. I, I, you know, at the time I was, you know, not that there's anything against eating animal products. In fact, I eat animal products now, but I just changed everything about my diet and the way that I thought was most healthy at the time. I went celibate um, because I just knew I was using that for not to extend love, not to serve, but to receive and take and to get to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked away from the business that was the source of my perceived security and validation as a leader because a strong man or masculine is that who leads. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't look like someone that follows. And, you know, it's like, or someone that works for someone else and all of this, you know, nonsense. And uh, that was really the beginning of when things started to come in balance for me. But just to answer your question, and I'll kick it back to you, is like, as soon as I started doing that, the number one thing that was keeping me in suffering was not honoring the feminine energy within me, which Mm. I say shortly now is the ability to surrender in general, to surrender to life, to surrender the need to try to control and gain and manipulate and all these outward expressive, more masculine traits to actually surrender and find peace in the moment and to um, just go within and ask the deeper questions, you know, and um, to actually feel and sit with everything that would come up instead of trying to rationalize and do my way out of it. I did that for the next six months and it was just so hard. So again, what I found is like honoring the feminine within me automatically heals the masculine within me and vice versa. Oh, so good. Oh, (laughs) that's like kicking my butt right now. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) This is what I need to be doing. Um, I love that. And for, for a woman who is, um, either struggling with herself, her identity, um, and that feminine energy honoring that maybe she's wounded as well. Maybe she's been used by men. Um, and even women in the past and, um, needs to heal. How does she honor the masculine when that sometimes is a fear, right? Like if, especially if you've been hurt by a man, um, whether it just breaking your heart, uh, it doesn't have to go to that level of abuse that is sexual or physical, but, but even just getting your heart broken, how does she honor the masculine when probably the masculine is exactly what she just wants to, <laughs> she literally wants to snip it <laughs> away, yeah. you know, from yeah. her and cut it off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really good question. So <clears throat> it's like Aaron talks about in reference to love one, the masculine is often also like the wisdom principle and the, the feminine is the love principle. And one of those is more um, like narrow and, and like ex- expressed. And one of those is more vast and received. And so actually by letting the, the, the feminine, I'll just say the woman, because here's the thing, it's like, if I'm more naturally oriented towards a masculine expression, I'm going to uh, express the same fundamental wound that the wounded feminine has, but I'm just expressing it differently. We're actually going through the same exact thing. So there's not like, you know, my healing fundamentally is different than a woman's or a ma- it's, mm-hmm. it's all comes down to the same thing. And it's where we have denied our self-love, where we've created a separation from self. Yeah. And understand like that understanding in of itself is the wisdom because 
and but I can't embody the wisdom without the feeling, without the um, surrender, to fear, yeah. facing the fear. So you could say the courage, like the courage coming up to feel that and do it anyway, is really the combination of both energies, which will which will put you on the right track. So it's about having the courage to look at the true source of the pain. And the moment I say, I had my heart broken by another is the moment I'm going to, for the rest of my life, try to avoid that to happen again. And the paradox is I might even get into a relationship, but I'm still avoiding it. And therefore I create it, you know, cause it's like, man, I really don't want to be hurt by you. So I'm going to close off a little bit. And now this person, if they're not healed, is going to close up. They're going to mirror you. That's what happens mm-hmm. a lot in relationships. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go somewhere else. And you're going to go see, look, all these, all these men, you know, there we go again. He's so mm-hmm. closed. He's so closed. We finally turn around. We go, I've been so closed. And it's about looking and going, what was the source of the heartbreak? Did this person break my heart or did they break my expectations? And that's where we start to find the freedom. We go, mm-hmm. I had a belief that said, I had a thought that said, my love depends on this person staying or leaving. And it's like, we personify our love. We go, well, I got love from you. So you know what that means? If I actually believe I can get love from you, that believes that means I believe I can lose it from you. That if you go, it's going to feel like you're ripping my heart out because mm-hmm. if you're the source of it, then I'm going to do everything I can do to keep you around. And we realize that that's not love. That is manipulation. And it's innocent because none of us are are taught really what unconditional love is growing up. And we'll come to a conclusion in our life eventually where you go, I actually still don't think I know what love is. And that's actually a very freeing place to be versus Mm -hmm. I know what love is, aka all of the Disney movies I ever watched in my life, which is just setting you up for disaster, setting all of us up for disaster. So, again, to answer the question more directly, it's I have to question my mind. I have to question the stories that say this person broke my heart. And typically the 180 degree turnaround is more true. It just takes the compassion uh, to go, you know, I innocently believed they were the source of my love. And I see that if I couldn't believe that thought, there would be no heartbreak. Mm -hmm. I would just watch someone move their body from this physical location to that one, that would be the entire reality. That's actually all that has actually happened, Mm -hmm. you know? And then there's like sounds that we call words. So there's, there's noise and someone walking away. Everything (laughs) else is I created. So it's, it's this true. Yeah. It's this taking of responsibility and the ability to laugh at yourself and go, well, you know how I know I had to do it that way. Cause I did do it that way. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I had no other choice but to do it that way because that's what I did and that's okay, mm-hmm. you know? So that's where you really need to start. Oh, Brandon, laying it down, man. You're giving all the, dropping all the nuggets in the first couple minutes. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I come from, and as you know, with Aaron, we come from a, a Christian background and being pastor's kids. And I grew up on Cinderella and all those princess movies combined with 
the Christian culture of, you know, waiting for your husband, waiting to be found and like, mm. you know, Snow White, I'm wishing, I'm wishing <laughs> for the one I love to find me, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. like you literally as a woman are created in this mm-hmm. environment as well as that shame and honor culture um, of basically remain a virgin until you get married. And I know a lot of men also struggle with that. And for the most part, what my experience was is that most of the men obviously couldn't do that because it's a biological need. Um, women are a little bit different. Yes, it's a biological need, but we're more on the emotional side. That's what gets us in, into bed, um, is that emotional connection, mental connection, as well as biological, but I know that for most women, most women can remain celibate, right? And it's not a huge struggle, but then there would be this shame for the men of, I keep failing at this, you know, whether that's even just watching pornography, um, but also sleeping around and, and then having that shame, but for the women, it's a shame in the it's like, you almost feel shame before you've ever even done it because I felt shame around sex, like (laughs) forever, you know, just like automatic shame and guilt, even though I've never had sex before. Right. And so I think, I think what's hard is when we're at least from a Christian woman's perspective now, now not a Christian, but from a Christian woman's experience, I can understand how it's so hard when you've been preconditioned in this way to be over, I don't even know what the word over, is this even a word feminized? (laughs) I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's a word, Um, but like it's, you're on the extreme of being a female and, Mm -hmm. and definitely, and wanting the male, but not knowing how to be masculine. But then of course our woundedness is to control, manipulate. Um, I know I've had even family members that have to control the conversations in the room, Mm -hmm. the activities that go on on a holiday, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and they have to control the entire thing in order for it to go according to their expectations Mm -hmm. and for, and it is for the outcome of everybody to enjoy themselves and connect and stuff. But the the fear is that nobody will. So they have to have it this way. Right. So Mm -hmm. seeing that, but not understanding, not understanding what it looks like for a woman to be balanced and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. be healed. And I love how you said one heals the other, Mm -hmm. but I just wonder, I know that even for somebody who's not a Christian, we still feel shame around sleeping around or not Mm -hmm. being in a committed relationship with somebody sleeping around, Mm -hmm. wanting to connect, but wanting to get that Mm -hmm. connection, wanting Mm -hmm. to receive more than wanting to give sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to hear your opinion on, I guess, how does somebody move? A, how does somebody recognize that they're in that space? Because I think mm-hmm. that's maybe the first step, right? Is acknowledging it or just even being able to recognize it like you did. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you get there? Yeah. I know yeah. that's a hard really, question. <laughs> that's a really good question. You know, it's often it's when the pain of staying the same is just outweighing the pain of getting honest. And you know, it requires honesty. So it's like, what's the one thing that's going to keep anyone from transformation? It's a lack of honesty because that produces denial. And from denial, it's like 
putting an energetic barrier around you and all mm. of the answers literally like a just like here's a golden heart you can just wrap this around your heart you're going to feel amazing you're going to be liberated it's like to you it's death it's like it could all be you know you could be offered all of everything you need but because the denial is there because you're not ready to look it doesn't matter so I'd say it's two parts. Number one, it's uh, just an individual's journey of what they're willing to put up with. Mm. And we have a society where it's been kind of normal to yeah. put up with a lot of shit. And, you know, you have these relationship models that go, oh, you know, let's let's idolize our parents' relationships, which I'm fortunate to yes. have. My parents have a great relationship. They've been together for over 30 years. I know very similar mm-hmm. for your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want their relationship. You know, as much as I love their relationship, I had to come to my own realization that that is actually not the highest ideal. And for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of like that generation is like, you have a certain level of consciousness. So within that certain level of consciousness, there's a peak experience. We're in mm-hmm. a totally different ball game with different rules and a different kind of peak experience that I believe is available. So I just had to start getting honest. And I think people are afraid to get honest, number one, because of the fear of feeling their emotion. And number two, uh, because they actually think they're gonna find something in the dark, in their unconscious, in the shadow, that's actually true about them. Oh, maybe it is, if I do look at that, maybe it is true that I'm absolutely worthless, that I, no one wants me, that I should feel guilty and like a bad person for sleeping around. And if that's true about me, I just couldn't handle it, you know, because ultimately that means I'm rejected, not just by people, not just by my family, but by God. And so it could be really painful for people. But the kryptonite to that is actually realizing that negative beliefs in of themselves are by their nature, not true. They can't be true. They have to be illusions. They have to trick you. And that's one of their main tricks is to make you think they're true. And mm-hmm. to give you evidence and to show you, no, look, look how bad you are. Mm-hmm. So it just takes a willingness to be still and go within and go, what am I making all of this mean about myself? And what do I actually really want? You know, um, but I'd say just to answer it very, in a very laser way, it's like, as soon as you're willing to be honest with yourself, the transformation can happen. And you don't need to know what a healed masculine and feminine looks like through the investigation and the integration of the beliefs, that part of you that is already that just emerges. There's no, I need to train myself to know what being masculine is, feminine is. Role models are great, but I see so many people trying to force themselves to Mm -hmm. be more masculine or feminine. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's usually just a denial of their process, which by paradox, it elongates their process and makes it even harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I have found myself doing that as I've been coming out of, mm-hmm. out of the Christianity, you know, religion, and then just also concepts. I feel like I'm constantly like untwisting things that have mm-hmm. been, you know, locked up in me for a long time of expectation yeah. of what I should look like, of what I should talk yeah. like, of how I should act. Um, you know, and what is, what is appropriate, what is desirable, what is, you know, all of that. And so I find myself definitely 
untwisting those things as mm-hmm. I've kind of walked away and opened up a lot and evaluated. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are experiencing that too. So mm-hmm. thank you so mm-hmm. much for that. Cause that was yeah. really spot on with, I know the majority of the Soulish podcast audience is women. Mm-hmm. I have a good amount of men, but probably like I would say 68% um, mm-hmm. last time mm-hmm. I looked is women. And so I know cool. that this is something that we often feel, especially yeah. if you're coming from a religious background of any kind mm-hmm. into more of the spirituality, kind of a little bit more open. Um, right. not that religion isn't open, but, um, yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, expectations put on women and men, um, in a religious background or culture or society. Yeah. So it's, I'd love to just add something about that real quick. Yeah. I think sometimes, well, very often, if, you know, there's this shame, especially around religion and sex, um, that we will actually believe it serves us to hold on to the shame, even when we disagree with it, we go, this doesn't make any sense. But if I let it go, I'm afraid something 10 times worse will happen than holding on and just kind of silently suffering. So mm-hmm. we have to go, what do I actually fear would, ha- would happen if I let the shame go? And all these other, you know, more core beliefs might come up. We might just be dealing with like a secondary surface one. And it, we're just being called to go one level deeper. And it's going, if I did let go of the shame, and if I wanted to connect with someone sexually, I just did. There's no thinking, hey, this is what I want to do. Do you want to do it? Great. Let's do it. You don't? Okay, cool. That's fine. That's just how I live. I just am that authentic expression maybe my family will, you know, abandon Mm -hmm. me, you know, you have to, whatever comes up from that place will show you where you believe you need the shame to keep you safe, to protect you from something. But as soon as you bring light to what that something is, you'll see it makes no sense. And usually the opposite is true. You go, man, I'm going to be abandoned by my family, man, I'm going to connect even more with my family because now I'm being authentic. So I'm authentic in one area of my life. Now I'm authentic with all areas of my life. That doesn't mean they want to connect with me. That's their business. That's none of my business, but that's not going to keep me from loving and connecting to them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what, that's the source of all of my connection is Mm -hmm. not who they're being to me, but who I am being to them. That is so huge, Brandon. Like you don't even understand, (laughs) like that has been maybe the hugest struggle in my adult life is Mm -hmm. as I've navigated just the God part of like religion versus spirituality, being more open to interpreting God and really not even having to interpret him anymore, him, her, Mm -hmm. she, it, um, but also moving into more of a, I want to discover myself, but at what cost Mm -hmm. and at what cost do I share my journey and my experiences with my family for fear of losing the relationship? Yeah. Cause it's that fear, right. Of then you're disconnected from your tribe, which is like a root, (laughs) like need that we have is to be connected to our family, to our tribe, to belong. Mm -hmm. So in the one place that you've always belonged for most people, that is what's hard in the Christian world. At least that Mm -hmm. I've grown up in is family is everything being connected to your tribe and your family. And then the greater community of Christians, right. And your church Mm -hmm. and that community. Mm -hmm. So it's shame, not only from the community, 
but then it's shame from your family and that disconnection because Mm -hmm. now you're sinning at a level of sin that nobody wants to participate in. Right. Right. Nobody wants to be associated with. Yeah. And so it's so difficult, but just what you just said is probably the hugest block or I guess choice that you have to make to Mm -hmm. not fear that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the things, yeah. One of the things you said that stood out, it's like, I want to realize myself, but at what cost? Like my Mm -hmm. question in that moment would be, there's a cost to realize myself. Is that true? Because that's the first thing that the ego will say is like, that's such a perception, huh? Yeah. You know that it's going to cost you to realize yourself. It's like, well, what's realizing myself. It's like seeing what's true. What's true. Love connection, joy. So it's like the moment I believe there's a cost, I'll create evidence for the cost and I'll go, Mm -hmm. well, look, they're not loving me anymore. They're not doing this or this thing's missing. And that moment is right. Like the invitation to the miracle of who would I be without the thought that I need them to connect with me in order for me to give them love. Who would I be without the thought that this person needs to agree with me or understand me in order for me to understand me and agree with me and love them and understand that they don't understand. So I'll bring the understanding, you know, it's like, they say, man, you're getting, you're kind of crazy and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're possessed Mm -hmm. and demons and you go, you know what? Yeah. I could find where I've totally felt like a demon before and possessed, but we're Mm -hmm. on the same page and you join (laughs) with it. That's what love does. Cause I have thought that about myself before I go, man, am I crazy? I've had that thought. To, to pretend I haven't had almost all of the thoughts that the world right. might think of me is, is a lie. So I cannot find a reason to not agree with someone on what they're saying. Even, but you know, if they're telling me in the moment, man, Brandon, you're being a liar and I'm not experiencing that. I go, you know what I find? I can find where I have been a liar and that's true. It's not my experience now. And there's no loss. There's no conflict. And that's, to me, it's like everything that I thought would happen once I started to join in love with myself and that it started to extend to others, the opposite of all of my fears is what actually happened. My fa- I'm, I'm now closer to all of my family. They were like, to me, for me, it was like my re- their religion was get a job. And I shifted the religion mm-hmm. and wanted to become an entrepreneur. That was where our religions didn't match. And um, then as I had my awakenings and really started to go in and do this kind of work, I started to realize, wow, what's best for me is best for all. You know, I'm becoming more loving. They can choose whatever they want, but it's not going to stop me from loving them. Why? Because I feel better about me when I love them. It's selfish. It's divinely selfish. Why do I love you? It hurts not to love you. So I'm going to do what I need to do to love you. That's my only job. What you do is your job. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of freedom in that. Because truly you're not loving yourself. If you aren't pursuing that, Mm -hmm. if you're not pursuing authenticity, honesty, connectedness within yourself, and you're actually avoiding that Mm -hmm. by communicating or not communicating, um, and living your most authentic life, then you're actually not loving yourself, which therefore you can't 
truly love others, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally, totally. It's like, I love this quote by Byron Katie. She's like, if you can't love your worst enemy, but you tell me you love Jesus, you're not being truthful. You cannot have unconditional love for anyone until you love everyone, because eventually you'll find the same trait in your worst enemy that you will in a Jesus Christ, a partner, whoever it might be. Eventually the projection will come up. And so mm -hmm. we just work with the cause, which is our, the mind. And we work with the projection. And on the other side of that, I can never lose connection because I never gained it. I, just, I am that, you mm -hmm. know, and everything, the whole, I love this, this, uh, I've been saying this recently. It's been such a good reminder for me. It's in the absence of gain and loss, who would I be in terms of my decision-making? There was nothing to gain by doing this. If I'm not avoiding loss by trying to do this, what would I do? And yeah, that's, that's where it all leads really. Cause then you, that's where you find the answer of like, mm -hmm. nothing would change. I'm always going to be connected. I'm never going to mm -hmm. actually lose anything. Cause I don't actually have anything. It's all yes. illusion and perception. And you live in that freedom of understanding yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, man, I feel so disconnected. Okay. Let me connect to that. Let me, you know, and that's been my biggest teaching from the feminine is I just keep calling it surrender is emotions here. My wounded masculine goes, I need to control this and get out of it and go do something to not feel this. And so the feminine teacher, why, why for me, it's like, I feel, you know, I had some mentors in my life that would say, you know, it's all about de devoting yourself to the goddess energy, to the, to the feminine energy, everyone. And in the Tao, they say, um, it's like, honor the masculine, but keep to the feminine. So, you know, they're equal expressions, but the feminine says, I will completely surrender and go with the flow of life. And if the flow of life is saying, Brandon, you're angry right now, and you, you need to feel it, you can't change it in your mind until you feel it, until you say, this is okay to be here and you let it do what it does. Um, every, the whole process is stopped until you do that. So that's been the biggest teacher for me. And I think because it's so simple, sit with it, go mm -hmm. into it without the story. I had this experience in Los Angeles when I first got into coaching, I was sleeping on my friend's couch, like right on Hollywood Boulevard. And I had this idea like, oh, now that I'm a coach, I need to put my coach hat on. And my coach hat says, I can't be upset. I got to be perfectly healed. You know, mm -hmm. I got to be yeah. enlightened. So it was like, and I was spending so much time with that hat on that I, all of the buildup or resentment or whatever it might be that I was holding on to had zero space to be expressed. It was like, nope, too busy. Got my coach hat on. And one day I just had all, it just all came up. And I finally, I was listening to this audio. I forget who it was, but it, he just said, when, you know, notice the emotion that comes up. And you just respond, ah, this. And that was it. There's no story about it. I'm not saying, oh, look, anger. I'm not putting any labels or story. I'm just going, ah, this. And I'm now I'm in the pure sensation of it. And in that moment, I did that. And just one instant, that's how powerful the feminine is. One instant, boom, it was like crying, opening, all the energy moved. Most of us think I need to have sex to go move all that energy. I need to go conquer something. I need to go achieve something. But, but the power of the feminine is it's right here. Just surrender mm -hmm. to it. It's, it's actually the safest thing to do. And I put out a video called 
I'm not okay. And that's okay. And it was like the most viral video that I put out at the time. And I did nothing but feel my own emotions. So again, that's been a really powerful teacher. Oh, that's so good. And it's so important. I think um, I've been, I've been really going deep into the, I am not this that Mm -hmm. I feel. It's just simply something that is moving through me and out. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that has helped me process so much grief, so much Mm. uh, fear of loss, even, Mm -hmm. even just like the, what if fears, but also the things that I've experienced or are experiencing in that moment. And it's helped me Mm. to really deal with that. It's such Mm. a key element of, I'm not attaching to this and I'm not attaching Mm -hmm. to the story of why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'm literally just letting it flow through me. And that has been such a powerful shift (laughs) because stories we want to attach, you know? Yeah. 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 We want to make a movie with that one, (laughs) that one experience. It's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, I've, when I first heard about masculine and feminine divine masculine and feminine, I heard of it as the masculine energy is very much like a container. It's like the structure. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the feminine is like, it's the classic, right? The feminine is the, the water within the container, but would you also say that masculine divine masculine is more or less the initiator and the feminine is the responder? Yeah, I think that's really accurate. And one way that you'll see this a lot um, is, you know, with children, for example, it's like, you know, going into the kind of archetypal stereotypical roles, the man might, you know, have built the fence around the yard, and then put in the stakes and, and kind of made a container. And then the women are going now let's get all the kids in here and play all these games and make up all these fun, magical stories. And it's just effortless. And they, and it's just, and the men are just kind of sitting back with the other men talking, hanging out, watching, coming in and engaging, but kind of just like, look at what we created for this Mm -hmm. to thrive, for this love to be expressed, you know? So that's, uh, Mm -hmm. take that and look at it in the non-physical form too, you know? So, uh, you know, good example with uh, my relationship would be initiating the conversation that goes, why are we in a relationship and pointing to, you know, the deepest truth for us in our relationship. And like, let's get clear on these things, on on the aspects of our relationship that we value most, because we're going to orient our life around this, you know? And Mm -hmm. in a sense, it's not like, because here's the thing, if I'm creating agreements that are actually expectations, that are needs. I'm not in a relationship. I'm Mm -hmm. attempting to own someone. And that is 99% of relationships. If you cheat on me, I'm gonna be really upset. I'm gonna withhold my love from you. Now it's it's not wrong or bad if that fear comes up, but at the end of the day, who am I to say what you genuinely want to do or not? And how am I supposed to know what you actually want to do or not? If I'm not okay with you packing your bags tomorrow, and if I'm not willing to help you pack your bags, then I'm not actually in a real relationship with you. I'm in a temporary agreement that is helping me avoid my insecurities. Mm -hmm. And they're going to come up in relationship. And this is why forgiveness is so important. But, you know, 
the divine masculine goes, okay, I know that I'm here to know myself. You know, I'm here to um, enlighten myself to myself. And it's not to possess you. It's not to control you. It's not to get love from you. So in that knowing, all of a sudden, the purpose of the relationship becomes really clear. And it may take, especially if we're talking about, you know, the wounded feminine archetype, it's like all of those things are the worst possible things you could think of. You're going to leave me. You're going to cheat on me. Mm-hmm. Often vice versa for men. Yeah. So it takes the clarity of the man to end up getting to a point that says, I love you so much that I want you to feel totally safe and okay. If you want to leave me, if you want to do something else, if this doesn't work for you and to be that invitation, you know? So I'd say that's a really key part to it because I can't actually have a proper uh, structure and kind of agreement that is based in empowerment until I, that aspect of me is healed. Because if it's not healed, it's just going to look like demands, obligation, and taking. But when that's healed, what it actually looks like is like, let's really get clear on this <clears throat> on this container, why we're doing this, why are we deciding to be together, and um, that's the initiation kind of energy. So that's so good. Because I think too, I'm just thinking of that from my past experience. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. cheated on. I've been like ghosted, mm-hmm. you know, those, mm-hmm. those definitely bring up um, fears and then you automatically structure around that so that that doesn't mm-hmm. happen again. Right. So you don't get right. hurt again, but really actually you're setting yourself up to get hurt again in a, maybe even yeah. in a bigger way if you don't heal yes. that. So it's hard because I've, I hear what you're saying. And I think of anyone and everyone who is thinking, but then how do you commit? If you mm-hmm. give the freedom yeah. to leave, to abandon, to cheat, because you're yeah. just allowing that person to experience what they want to experience. Yeah. How, how do you keep a commit, a commitment? You know, that's how really do you, good. and that's, but it's defining it, right. Is what you said. Yeah. It's an invitation to define why are we here? What we're doing. And it's about understanding what you're actually committed to. So actually, the, the, this is, in my opinion, the only way to truly commit. Um, and the commitment itself changes. Instead of going, I'm committed to you being the one or me being the one for you for the rest of our life, which mm-hmm. is always a lie. Even if it's the, our deepest feeling, I feel that's true. I can't know with certainty anything about the future so it takes all illusion of certainty and wanting to gain certainty out of the equation which actually creates certainty uh Mm -hmm. the pursuit of that certainty is what creates insecurity because you go i need to know from you this and that this is what the future is going to be Vow to me for life yeah it's like yeah till death do us part this sort of thing and then the moment that that could be compromised, there goes my uh, security. And life is such that it's going to bring you people that are designed to compromise those beliefs because they're limiting. And you came here to free yourself from limitation. So you mm-hmm. are going to re- attract people, whether they're doing it or not, you might just be thinking they are. That is always going to cause you to be insecure if them being in relationship with you has anything to do with your safety and security. 
So from that place, you go, okay, so then what am I committed to? If I'm not committed to getting safety from you, getting love from you, you being with me, because all of those things are out of my control, right? So it's like, I'm just trying to grab something that I can never actually get to. And we'll spend our entire life trying to do that. And then all of a sudden you get these really righteous spiritual people that go, no, you should be doing that. And you know what? You just need better boundaries. Just make sure they know when they're making you insecure. Make sure they don't do that. And just double down on the love languages and make sure you get all this stuff to feel good. And you get a lot of support to do these things to feel comfortable and good and enough. And it's really like, here's your golden handcuffs, right? So Mm -hmm. eventually we go, well, what am I committing to? If I'm not committed to something that is impossible, which is knowing the future or actually giving you true security, like I can't give anyone security. It's not my job. And if it was, I wouldn't give it because that would actually be very mean to say, yeah, you can only get it from me. You know, Mm -hmm. I get struck by Mm -hmm. lightning, they're screwed, right? So we commit to truth, right? We commit to true love. That's what we're actually committed to. And that's honoring. If I'm in a relationship with someone, then I, I, all of a sudden I have no future. Now, what do you think would happen in your relationship if there was no future, no thought of a future? Well, you'd be that much more present. You'd be enjoying, you'd actually be enjoying them. You wouldn't be in love with the future. You know, Mm -hmm. so many times it's like, I'm in love of where we're going to be in a future. You would just be honest in yourself and you wouldn't be worried about what they're going to do. And you wouldn't be worried about what you're going to do because you're not doing it yet. You're just here. So there's actually a real connection, real commitment to that person in that moment without the fear. And you also know, you know what, that could change tomorrow. Even if I sat down and said, you know, I really commit to you for the next 30 years, it could still change tomorrow. So it's just about seeing how funny that is and going, well, that doesn't make any sense. So I think, you know, you come into this world alone, you leave it alone, whatever that means. But what that points to is I need to be so good with me without you to actually have true freedom and self-love and love for you. Mm -hmm. Because I can't actually really love you if I don't really love me. So it's, it's a, it's a true a deeper commitment. Uh, one is committing to the surface of agreements that we think and, and we're, we're glorified in society. That's what love looks like. Yeah. Sa- it's sacrifice. What we know, it's what we've been taught. Yeah. It's what's been demonstrated for decades, years, exactly. now, hundreds, thousands of years. Yeah. So now we're just shifting to something that can actually create true liberation and freedom, which is m- me becoming more of myself. And if being in a relationship is this amazing spiritual teacher and source of intimacy and connection, and it feels really true and authentic for me, great. It's just removing the limitations that say, and the societal shame and guilt that say, if we come to an agreement or if just I come to clarity that says, I'm finding myself just not attracted to this relationship anymore, that honoring that is the most loving thing to do because why would that person want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with them? That, that's a lose-lose, yeah. you know? So you start to see it they're, they're really with that kind of structure, it, you can only have win-win. Win-win, we keep choosing each other moment by moment and we live in the moment, we live in the now, We've, we're healing these fears that say we need anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And then- and then if it authentically changes, there's no guilt, there's no loss, there's 
wow, I couldn't have even made this change if it wasn't for our process. So thank you. And that's it. So good. So good. I know so many people are going to benefit so much from that. I know I am. Um, I wanted to ask you to just in, in that sense of, or in that, I'm trying to find my words in that perception of love and a relationship and what a healthy relationship looks like within ourselves first, and then within Mm -hmm. someone else. Um, how exactly do you get from, from, from what we have been just, it's like in our DNA, in our, in our experience, um, you've experienced that with seeing your parents. I've experienced Mm -hmm. that with seeing my parents. How do we get to that place of, um, is it just really, we need to heal or is it that we need to come into an understanding of what unconditional true love looks like that we can heal that perception of it needs to look like this in order Mm -hmm. to be healthy, in order to, uh, benefit me in order to build a family. Um, cause I know a lot of, a lot of women feel that of, I need that safety, that security, that structure of the, Mm -hmm. of the future. So how, how do we navigate that? Is it probably the same thing of coming back into honesty within ourselves as, is there another way that we can navigate that? Yeah. So I think it, when you said, or I think it's just an, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> automatically the healing is going to reveal what love looks like, because you're going to start acting very differently. And you're going to look at that and go, yeah, that feels natural. That feels effortless and really good and connecting and unifying. And very quickly, those are the type of people that are going to show up in your life to reflect that. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to do it. And it could be helpful to listen to podcasts like this to go, let me see what it looks like. Okay, does it resonate with me? It's like, none of you have to believe this. But if you go, you know what, this resonates with me, then that's like a screen. Now you have Mm -hmm. something to compare to. You go, okay, if this is now my ideal and this is where I'm at, everything that is not this ideal is now highlighted. It gives me direction. It gives me something to go, okay, let's question that. Let's work on that. And so that can be very helpful. But like you said, it's all about the, the healing and, and integration process. Mm-hmm. Like until the purpose of any relationship, all relationships becomes, it, this relationship is here. So this myself and this person can become more of ourselves. How do we do that? By releasing what is not who we are. Until that becomes the purpose, not to get from you, not to, you know, I may have kids with you, but if that, even if that's the purpose of the relationship, more often than not, it's not coming from a place of, I'm just really inspired to do that. It's coming from a place of, I need to do that, or right. this relationship's going to fail, or I'm not going to be supported. And, you know, there's some big identity stuff and questions and uh, that, you know, not a lot of people are, at least in my experience, are totally ready to just jump from zero to 10. So my experience is it is a process. And if you have two people that are on the same page, a relationship can be a really amazing, in the course, they call it the la- a laboratory of the, the Holy Spirit, is a way to actually reflect to one another. And if you know mm-hmm. how to do self-inquiry, this is, I'd say, the number one skill, um, mm-hmm. which is akin to forgiveness, then you meet every trigger 
with open arms going, this must be what I need to free myself from more suffering and limitation. And they become your guru, your teacher. And it's really about honoring what they're bringing up within you because that's essentially, that's what life is. Hey, I'm going to bring to you what you need to free yep. yourself. Yep. So you, it's an you, opportunity. Yeah. So you, you invite that in and you might find that you learn all of these lessons, you know, and you just stop getting triggered, but you still want to be with that person. Great. You might find that you don't. You, you know, it's different for every person. So mm-hmm. it just takes the, the self-honesty, the knowing of what is the purpose of relationships and not just with people. I mean, the same is true about a tree. It's here to teach me about who I am and mm-hmm. it's learning uh, who it is by having this interaction that we're this entangled thing. So that's just, just what relationships are. So good. Um, I know that I've had a few people DM me and ask me, how do I know when like a relationship isn't serving me or when I should move on? And as I've like asked questions, this has come up quite a few times where they're Mm -hmm. actually in an abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, verbal Mm -hmm. abuse. And they're feeling like, no, I still need to learn the lessons So they're subjecting themselves to it, right? They're, they're saying, I need to still be in this in order to awaken, advance, expand, move forward. Right. right? Yeah. So what would your response be to that? I'm just curious. That's really good. So if someone is in an abusive relationship, you have to really uh, hear from them. What is their definition of that? Like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, you know, Ashley and I have went to all levels of the good, bad, and the ugly. And I can look back and go, man, those ugly moments were very emotionally abusive. But I can also go, oh, those moments was like my inner little boy and her inner little girl having a temper tantrum and it's totally innocent. And the way that I hold that now in my mind and my body is a reflection of how I'm seeing it. So Mm -hmm. if I have done the work to at least go, okay, if I'm being physically abused, well, I have to ask the question, why do I think the only rela- the relationship that I need to be in is with someone that would abuse me? You know, mm-hmm. why do I think that's what I deserve? Um, and so often it's because we're just desperate for love. We're right. willing, we want love so much, we're willing to be hurt. And that's innocent. That's like the child going, I will cry and throw things and whatnot until I just get some comfort. And so we have to see our own innocence and be gentle with ourselves. But we have to mm-hmm. also have to realize that the very search for getting love from them is what ke- is keeping up it away from us. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with their, you know, their abuse. It's like that can't fundamentally make you less lovable, less loved, or feel less loved, you know, because someone that's physically abusing or doing whatever they're doing, they're disconnected from love. Mm-hmm. And I always say, it's like, we're not a victim we're not a victim to people's abuse. We're a witness to people that are disconnected from love and Mm -hmm. how you use that experience, how you respond to it, what you make it mean. This was what will determine how you feel connected, not what they do, don't do if they change or not. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is, okay, is the relationship actually abusive? And I would categorize abuse really only as physical. But here's the thing. If someone's yelling at you, and they're just yelling and calling you all these names, you know, and, and they're willing to work on it and you feel it's really genuine, go ahead, work on it. If it keeps happening, 
two, three times, it's very obvious that if they yell at you and you notice you don't want to be around it, that's how you end the relationship. Hey, I mm-hmm. notice when you yell, I don't want to be around it. I'm leaving. Uh, what about this and that? It's okay. I love you. I notice when you yell I, that I move away, I'm leaving. It's that simple when you're clear-minded, you know, yep. when there's no stories of loss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it just takes discernment because I hear this all the time, man, I was with such a narcissist. It was, right. they just yep. destroyed me. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? They might've been a narcissist, but who do I have to be to actually put up with a dang narcissist? You know, a narcissist is the root of it is powerlessness. And there's two different polarities of narcissism. Usually the one they're referring to is the masculine polarity. And that one, that one says, I need to control you and make decisions for you. And I'm always right. And then the, the feminine uh, expression of the powerlessness is needing someone to make decisions for you, not trusting yourself. So wanting, actually wanting someone to control the things in your life, because mm-hmm. you go, well, I can't take care of myself. I'm not supported. So I just will have someone do it for me. So they're the, they're the same so root, good. just mm-hmm. in different things. So when you come back and go, man, was the source of my suffering, his narcissistic tenden- tendencies, or was it where I was believing I was powerless and wasn't being my authentic self and didn't walk away. And you find that that's always what it is. Then you don't try to avoid narcissists. You just go, well, if one needs to come around, great. It must be there to teach me another lesson. So mm-hmm. if it does happen, I look forward to it. That's what love, that, that's the joining. And paradoxically, that's usually when you transcend the need for that to show up in your life because mm-hmm. you're now wide open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're Did open to the, the lesson. Question? Totally. Yeah. And then some, I think it's yeah. so great to talk about that. Cause also narcissist, I, I get questions around that all the time. And mm-hmm. how do, why do I keep attracting a narcissist? Um, yeah. Yeah. it's often well, just explain some of it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'd say too, it's like when, you know, here's the thing about, uh, leaving a relationship. If you're really triggered by the relationship, not in all cases, you know, if you just got beat up, and you haven't given yourself space to integrate, you're still going to be triggered, probably should leave the relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. But in most cases, if you're very triggered, you're very upset, there's a lot of uh, feelings of blame, feelings of all of these things, you're in a state in that moment of confusion. And majority of people are making decisions about their relationships while they're confused. And therefore, they're just going to keep creating more confusing relationships. So Mm -hmm. it's not about, you know, if it's not super obvious, I stay or I go, then you're not clear. There's confusion. Mm -hmm. Everything is clear. I'll say it this way. Everything becomes transparent and clear when you become transparent and clear with yourself. Every situation has to become transparent because it's your projection. So you start to go, okay, if I'm triggered, that has nothing to do with the other person. If I'm upset, that has nothing to do with them. And you start to inquire, what am I making their actions, their words mean about me in order to be feeling this way? What meaning am I holding on to? And when you do that work and you free yourself of all of the nonsense, then they may shift very miraculously. And that often happens. Mm -hmm. You shift, they shift. They're your projection. 
you shift. Yeah, this happened to me a few days ago in my own relationship. I had this like deeper healing of my feminine. And then all of a sudden she texts me all the things that I wanted her to text me before we were talked. And it just comes organically. And I just go, you can't make this stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had moments where I've, uh, she had scarcity come up. I got triggered because my scarcity came up. I did inquiry. I came to a place of abundance. Ashley would message me. I just got gifted 300 bucks and I just go, you can't make it up. So you shift, that's your job. Why do you do it? Not for the relationship, for you. If you shift and they shift, and then there's a compatibility there and there's actual change in behavior. Great. You're in a different relationship. It's not the same one. Right. So it is a new relationship. That's literally being in a new relationship. But if you shift and they don't shift and you notice that you want to move away but you're not, you're not holding on to that trigger anymore. Now you're just seeing it and going, wow, that's really foreign to me. That's, I am not pulled towards that. And that's kind of the general energy you're getting. You're actually sensing a vibrational incompatibility, like a tuning fork where you hit one and it used to vibrate. And now this tune, your tuning fork, you have shifted and their vibration no longer tickles your vibration, turns yours on. And that's just an observation. And, you know, that's when you know you're really clear. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Cause that's pretty much what I experienced in my last relationship. It's literally what it was. I just was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is like, I love, I love this person. I love who they are. I think they're amazing, but there's something that's not compatible and I can't, can't necessarily put my finger on it, but it's just, there's something that's not happening there. And I I think too, for, for a lot of people, we want to be with somebody that is willing to grow. Right. And when Mm -hmm. someone is not willing to grow within themselves and heal within themselves, that's a huge, that's going to be a huge incompatibility. So I think it may not be that you find somebody that is literally like, has the same knowledge that you have, right? Right, right. That un- has all the understanding that you have or has a similar background, but it's somebody who's willing to learn and grow yeah. and move forward together. Yeah. What you'll find, like what I found is that the va- your values reflect your sense of self, your identity. So when I go, you know what I value most in our relationship? You doing the chores for me and doing this and uh, giving me compliments and this and that. If I, let's say I hold that as my most dear value, then most likely I think that I'm just this body that needs things from you to feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, those things can be helpful and I might prefer those things or might be preferences. But if that's like my make or break in the relationship, then I know that my sense of self is, is narrow. So if someone else's sense of self is not narrow, they might not totally value those things and they still might, I don't know, but they might value things above it. For example, they go, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do the chores because I'm actually going to go sit with this, you know, thought that I had that's causing me some stress and, you know, do some inquiry and, and uh, heal. And to that person, their whole world could end. They go, you're selfish, you know, what? And, and boom, you have a mismatch in values that mm-hmm. are reflecting these two different identities. So typically it's like, when you really like, when it's really effortless, you'll notice that almost all the values 
kind of just line up because yeah. most often you attract people that are in a very similar place of identity. I'm giggling to myself because I'm seeing in all the ways I've always done that. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's just funny because it, it's just part of it, right? It's part of the yeah. growth experience. Um, yeah. So let's wrap with one more question. Um, yeah. For for either a woman or a man in the traditional sense of what a male is attracted to, what a female is attracted to. Um, I guess... How do we, how do we maintain balance within ourselves? Is, is it that somebody can be more masculine than feminine, but in an, as a woman, can it be that a, a male is more feminine than masculine? And is that balance or do we need to have like an equal parts or if I'm a female, more female than male, masculine yeah. energy, like how does that flow? How do we know we yeah. have balance? You know, the first thing I'd say is to not try to have balance. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like question the thought that like, I need to figure out how to have balance. Cause then I'm because, right. Yeah. And, and typically yeah. then I'm trying to balance it and I don't know what, the other person needs to feel balance or I just know what's balanced for me. Like I know mm-hmm. what feels good for me. Um, usually excitement and inspiration is a great indicator of what naturally harmonizes your energy. Uh, when someone is done a lot of this self-work, they typically end up just saying yes to their passions in life more mm-hmm. um, because why not? All of the fear around it going into that unknown starts to fall away and you just oh, this is what I'm, this is me. This is my authentic expression. We call that leadership, essence, passion, all the same thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just follow that. You know, I follow that impulse and like whatever that is, whether it's wash the dishes or it's go live with Whitney, uh, I know that's the most balancing thing for the relationship if it's true. And the funny part is on the surface, it might look like I'm spending no time with the other person for that day. And, but if I'm really, if it's true, if I'm not glossing it over, if I'm not avoiding, if it's really an inspiration and passion, uh, that's the most balancing, harmonizing thing that I can do. Whether I call that being in my masculine or feminine, doesn't matter as much as going, well, both of those energies actually orient and harmonize around the mm-hmm, energy of mm-hmm. passion, inspiration, creativity, these sort of things. So I'd say it's like when I don't try and I surrender to this flow of life that we all have, that, that internal guidance, which becomes more and more clear as I do this healing work, um, there just is balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Cause I know that I hear that question a lot around, how do I know I'm balanced? You know, we're always trying to right a wrong. And what we don't realize is that if we just enjoy life. Yes. we balance. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like the moment I go, how do I know that imbalance that's coming from imbalance mm-hmm. that moment, just that moment. So it's like, mm-hmm. man, who would I be without the thought that I need to know what balance looks like? Who would I be without the thought? Oh, and then that breath was balance. You just go, Oh, so just, mm-hmm. just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I know from just my background again is it's this works mentality of I have to do in order to be, and we don't realize that we can actually just be and then mm-hmm. do out of yeah. that. 
So, so good, Brandon. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so yeah, much for sharing your wisdom. This was so awesome. Thank you. Thank it was you. so fun. Yeah. Was <laughs> Thank really you. Fun.